And we hope you're not dead. We hope you're not dead. It's all we true. hope that you are alive, Indeed. but you're not listening to us live. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of EM Over Easy. The four of us are physically together. Fantastic. This is, not, this is not done over Zoom. You might hear a little bit of hotel background in the background, but we're all physically in one space here to talk about a great episode that John's bringing to the table for us. But real quick, don't forget we are the official podcast for the American College of Osteopathic Emergency Physicians. You can visit their website at asup.org to learn more about that organization and possibly register for an upcoming conference where you can see EM Over Easy live and in person. Just like we are, live and in person. But live you're not listening person. to us live. Correct. so And we hope you're not dead. We hope you're not dead. It's all Let's true. hope that you are alive, Indeed. but you're not listening to us live. So, yeah. John, what, what do you have for us today? So, great segue with the Zoom comment, because I feel like we definitely, during this weird period that we're in, have all become more adept. And it seems like we're more adept at meetings. And we have to do a lot more meetings virtually. But whether you're doing a meeting in person or a meeting virtually, there's an item on the agenda that really influences meetings, and that is actually the agenda. And so I thought we would stray a little bit into polysemy, where the word has the double meaning, right? So like bank being a building where you put money or bank being a direction, maybe you turn your car or maybe you run your car into a bank, lots of potential uh, multiple meanings of the word bank. There are also multiple meanings of the word agenda for actual meetings. You see these manifest all the time. And so depending on where you're at in your happy place, you may, when I say, oh, how an agenda kills a meeting, you may think of how it's physically organized, but you also may think about how people approach the meeting. So I would just like to maybe throw out some ideas and some points and maybe some pet peeves that you have experienced personally. I feel like you have uh, an agenda. I do this. have an agenda. Do you feel like it's it's killing the meeting already? No. Not so yet. far, it's nail in the coffin. So, so, far, so far, it hasn't. Thank God. Whew. All right. So the first one that I'd like to, to talk about is this one of uh, penalizing people who are on time. Have you had this personal experience? Uh, so, oh, see, already elicited a response. So my life some days is 8 o'clock meeting, 9 o'clock meeting, 10 o'clock meeting, 11 o'clock meeting. And you start off a meeting. You're there at, at 8 o'clock. You're, you're there. You're ready to go. And people just want to hold one or two or three or four more minutes to let people sign on. Now, the first week of Zoom, I get it, right? But we've done this for a while now. You're at your house. You know how long it takes to load Zoom. And I get the rare instance, but but have any of you experienced this? And what are your thoughts on it? Because there are differences of opinions on it, for sure. I see it all the time, and I agree. It drives me nuts. It's a scenario that's like, everyone knew the time. Let's start. If you missed it or you missed the start, that's your own fault. I think this has been exacerbated by electronic meetings. I feel like in-person meetings were a little different because there were more variables if you were running from another meeting or but it's electronic where it's just a link that you click and you turn your camera on and you're ready that I think the meeting should start on time. And if people miss the first five minutes, they can get the meeting minutes and re- read them um, and then move on. Like it's, it's the quickest way for me to turn off my camera and to like immediately disengage from a meeting oh, if, if yeah. it starts a couple minutes late. Cause we're waiting for somebody. And it's like, okay. Well, as soon as that happens, I try and find something to do with my now three minutes of found exactly. time. Yeah. yeah. Our former department chair for our department meetings used to start exactly at 8 o'clock from the meeting. He would say, out of respect for everybody's time, it is 8 o'clock and we will start the meeting, right, as everyone's filtering in. 
I wonder if you shouldn't put on your emailed agenda prior to the meeting, please log in at 7.55 as the meeting will start promptly at 8. You shouldn't have to do that, right? But well, I think it's one of those things if you're consistent, like if, if you have if you're a department chair hosting those meetings and you're consistently starting off your meeting with out of the respect of everyone's time, we're going to start now, people will learn. But if you always start with we're going to give them a few more minutes, people will learn that they've they always got a few more minutes. They don't need to show up on time. Yeah. And it also in the the thing that it does is it permits the other meeting ahead. It, meetings should end hour long meetings virtually should be 50 minutes. You need time to stand up, stretch, move your legs, go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom, let your dog out to the bathroom, attend to your child, whatever, whatever it is that, that you need to do. And if you want people to be fully engaged and ready for the next thing, they should have the time and space to do that. And if you're in right up to that barrier, then where do you go? And that's maybe something too, for the back end of meetings is acknowledge that there's a time end for those meetings. And if it, if you are having heated conversations or a topic is really raging, acknowledging that a few minutes ahead of time saying, you know what, this is really good. We're going to have to table this though for whenever. Let's find a time later today. Yeah. Or, or, you know, but helping facilitate that transition as well. Sticking to an agenda and not getting derailed by an agenda. There it is. It's it's that double meaning, right? Because you do, you do get into those and it's, it's entertaining and challenging and count of instrumental as a leader, when you're running a meeting and you get to the like a really a key point where there's actual discussion and debate and differing points of view, and you need to come together to a consensus, but you've got a set time that you you need to follow through. And there, I've seen people handle it different ways, right? Folks are more than welcome to drop off. I understand. I have respect for your time. If you have the time, you can remain engaged, remain engaged. We will then send out a consensus document of what we have so that other people can give feedback. But it goes back to one of those agenda principles of meetings, which is, and it's very uncomfortable until you've done it a few times, which is if you have a rote agenda that you go through every time and you start off with approving the minutes from the previous meeting and this and that and all the other stuff, you kind of just fall into this trap every time. And you eat up a lot of valuable time. People can read minutes. People can and look at reports or see quality documents. You need to – it's the eat, you know, eat the frog philosophy. You need to start your meeting with what is the meeting about? What is the actual meeting trying to do? Is it a meeting where we are just meeting, where we're just going to be together? Or is there a meeting where we're trying to actually get something done? And my point with this is we need to know what done – looks like. So if we're having a meeting talking about a new department policy and we need to have that policy finished by today, that's that's the point of the meeting, right? All the other things we do. So so lead with that. Start on time and lead with that. Yeah, I feel like we've all been in those meetings where the agenda becomes very rote to where I check out, I find something else to do in the age of Zoom, I unmute myself. I have figured out how to put my phone up at just the place where it looks like I'm engaged in a meeting, but I can play a little game on my phone or I can watch YouTube. Like I that's feel what like you were doing. That's I, I know that look for me. Yeah. Though your eyes glaze over a little bit, it's not. It's the same. just like uh, what is like, he flicking on his screen? All the like cartoons where they put ping pong ball like cut like so it looks like they're awake when they're just really sleeping. When they're really sleeping, yeah. and uh, I feel like, but I feel like myself and other people have figured out how to do that. That when a meeting gets too. Everyone, too predictable. Everyone has figured that out. Yep. And then I think sometimes the agendas, they're built with the idea of checking a list off 
rather than solving a problem. And sometimes you go to meetings where it's like you spend 95% of your time making sure you get through the checklist, but you leave the meat that you need to fix to the end and you don't leave enough time. And rush. then it's like, why did we get like this other stuff can be an email or it can be uh, it call us like leave a voicemail. I don't know. There's another way to deliver this information. Leave a voicemail. To where I feel like meetings need to be about solving problems and not about going through checklists. I was actually going to say Andy is very good in meetings of addressing what are we doing next who is doing what and you you always even if it's not your main you're not the main leader of that meeting you tend to really push that at the like because people will do that they won't get to the meat of what we need to be doing or do after the meeting's over and so that's an easy way that if somebody isn't running a meeting very well you can help them by doing that saying, Hey, let's get some actual tasks for people to do. Who is doing what with this? Yeah, that's, it's very interesting. It's, it's, it's always fun to watch you in a meeting because you, I can see it. I can see it coming before it happens where Andy's gonna be like, what are, who's doing what? We've done a lot of talking. Yeah. We need something. We I need, need, we need what, action, what are the action items? items? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What does, like, what does done look like? Like you talk in circles so the words run out and then what? What's the deliverable? No, 100%. And that's where I struggle with a lot of the meetings I have in hospitals or just in general. I, any meeting I go to, the default is to focus on an agenda, spend a lot of time on giving reports where really, to me, I think people's time is valuable enough to where now we need to be focused on creating and solving. And um, yeah, I think I think this is great to where I, I actually, I don't like meetings with long agendas. I feel like it should be like reports and reports emailed out. And then here's the two problems we're going to solve today. Yeah. I love those meetings. Yep. The agenda is small, small, leaves a ton of opportunity. The, the problem with that, because I agree, but the problem with that is it takes effort and pre-planning by whoever's running the meeting mm-hmm. to disseminate the information in a manner prior to the meeting that it can be consumed by those that will then discuss it, right? You can't send out meeting information the night before a meeting and open up your morning meeting with, I hope everyone had a chance to look at. Oh, because, you can. Well, you can. And you and I have been at those exact same meetings where you're like, yes, I read the 87-page document you emailed last night at 7 p.m. 12 hours ago, and you slept for eight of them. Uh, and- correct. Right. So in order to have a functional meeting with action items, now, maybe the point of the meeting is just data dissemination, and there's not a whole bunch for discussion. And then that is fine, because those meetings do at times have to exist, although I agree with the default that there might be a better way, a narrated PowerPoint, a please read this document, let me know if you have questions, maybe we don't need a meeting. But I'll give some grace and say there are times where data delivery is actually what the meeting agenda needs to be. But there's a lot of ways to do it differently, too. Yeah, and I, I would argue that the asynchronous way that you meant of a, a small video clip of, hey, this is what's going on. This is the news. This is what's happening. Watch it on your own time. If you have questions, here's, here's who you reach out to. Much better, whether you want to do that as an email bullet point or whatever it is that you want to do. You're telling me you don't like 4,000 worth emails with... If you read the sentence and email me back, you'll get a gift card type of emails for meetings. Right. Never had that happen. Never had that happen. Never before. had that happen. One thing that is another uh, for sure meeting killer is disregarding ground rules. And one of the best things you can do is setting up ground rules for meeting. And it goes back to Drew's point of exactly what you're expecting for this meeting, right? I, th- there are times where data dissemination meetings where you want to just – You want to discover things. You want to discover maybe what people are feeling. You want an open conversation about frustrations or you know that 
something traumatic has happened or that maybe you have new department leadership and you just want to get to know them or whatever it may be. And so you can have meetings where you go, well, for the first 15 minutes of the meeting, we're going to, uh, we're going to present the details of this new session. And then we're going to have a planned 45 minute open discussion forum where we'll entertain any ideas from the audience. And if we don't have any, we'll adjourn the meeting. And so people know, okay, when I come to this, I'm going to hang for 15 minutes. And then if I don't really have a question or hear anything going on, it's, it's cool for me to leave. So, so you shape that meeting, but, but there are some ground rules there, right? And so then imagine you show up to that meeting and they do a 30 minute presentation and then they have 10 bulleted things that they want their employees to answer right now. How hijacked you would feel, how frustrated you would feel like you've already set up wrong, but it's the same thing when you set up ground rules. And people don't follow them. And in the virtual world, the biggest one that I find is the on-camera, off-camera thing. Mm-hmm. And not claiming perfection on it in any way by anybody. But there is some magical point of being on camera for at least a portion of things and engaging. And as a presenter that has presented to like no faces on the screen versus a few faces. I almost would rather no face be on the screen because then I presume it's a technology thing. If you just get like two or three faces, but there are 45 names, you immediately start to think my talk must be the worst talk ever because nobody zero engagement, zero engagement. It's the virtual equivalent of half the audience looking at a laptop or a iPad or a phone as opposed to paying attention. Yeah. Like you, you see the ones that are engaged, but the ones that aren't. And so then you automatically assume that, well, I'm not engaging at all then. I'm also not the guy that cares if you turn your camera off when you're chewing food, you know? But I think we all have that inherent feel of, oh, they're not here at all. But there's a flip side to this, which I have actually found to be equally agenda based and soul crushing, which is if you have a mixed, hybrid type meeting, ignoring all your virtual participants. And I see this happen so often. And I recently suffered an emotional injustice uh, where I just personally felt assaulted, but fortunately I let it go. I was in a meeting and it was a, it was a required meeting and it had been required for a long time. And I haven't actually missed this meeting in two years and someone very important at the meeting that I was actually still on. I was, I was virtually on the meeting pointed out that I had done a good job in particular, having participated in at least one or two of those meetings in the past year. I was, I was on the meeting. They didn't even know that I was there and had been to all of them. And it kind of made me stop and think about when I've been at a meeting where I've been at a table and a few people are able to be there, but you have a whole host of people that are calling in, maybe we need to change how we do that. And so some simple things you can do, for example, is um, you can do the introductions. You don't have to have everybody sign on, but you could actually say on the call we have the following team members. And when you ask a question, don't automatically jump to the person in the room, deliberately start engaging with the people that are virtually there. Have any of you had that experience either? Well, I've been in meetings where that's been the case where you start and there's a bunch of people in the meeting and 
the person that's hosting the meeting just starts and says, hey, I'd like to – and this goes down the list and says, hey, can everybody turn their cameras on, wave and say hi? And those meetings are a lot more – I don't know. You get kind of amped those meetings. They see you. They recognize the work you're putting in. Um, I mean, this is a meeting with Michelle Lynn, who does awesome at all this. But it's she has this ability to like get everybody master, yeah. immediately engage everybody to where cameras are on the rest of the meeting. The chat gets crazy because from the get go, everybody in the meeting gets acknowledged, mm-hmm. and everybody kind of gets a little attaboy to get ch- charged for like what you're there for. So I think there's some value there. But that hybrid meeting that I think John is is keen in on, where there are a certain number of people present in a boardroom or a conference room or something like that, and then there are the virtual participants. The virtual participants. The, the natural tendency is to drop them as active participants. They become passive unless they, they themselves speak up, actively engage with those that are in person because the conversation happens in person and that's the easy thing to do. Otherwise, you're turning and looking at a screen and having to figure out who's on. And it is a very awkward thing. And I, I actually, John, wonder if I was on that same meeting because I vaguely remember something similar to that happening. You you were actually you you were virtually at that meeting as as well. I hope I was not the person that made you You, you were not the person. And if the person ever is listening, I'm really not you, you actually created a good thinking thing for me. I'm I'm really not I don't care. Well, yeah, you were you but, were taking this as a learning experience, not as a Yeah, it, it was interesting though, because it, it also reminded me that maybe I hadn't engaged as much, you know, I, I mean, as, as I thought, because there were some, there were a lot of items that I didn't really particularly care to comment on and didn't directly involve me. And so maybe the learning point for me would have been that it would have been just fine not to go to those meetings or to say, Hey, I reviewed the agenda and there's really nothing on here that concerns me. I'm available during that time. If you need something. Text me. I'll be happy to hop on. And it makes me wonder in some ways that I contribute to the less engagement of the meeting, right? It's not a, you know, pick one and, and do the other. Um, it's just an interesting thing. And then the, the last kind of part of that is, you know, maybe look at a virtual seating arrangement because most of these tools allow you to position screens or people on the screen. So if you're running one of these meetings, create a seating arrangement just like you do in physical meetings where people are there. So you make it a point to actively look and see who's on the call, who's engaged, are they participating, and ask them deliberate questions. Instead of doing what we typically do, which is you ask everybody inside the the hybrid room that's there and then say, does anyone on the call have a comment? Flip the script, right? Let's start with the people on the call. Tanner, do you what do you think about this, right? And as long as you've let people know that's going to happen, then they can remain engaged and we'll probably be more engaged. I'm getting visions of the near future where everyone has Oculus to get on a meeting and you're going to have a virtual like conference room maybe a virtual boardroom and you're gonna have to like fight over chairs and people are gonna like have their avatars sitting there and i mean that kind of sounds fun to me but it does i'm a nerd kind of fun my avatar is gonna have his feet on the table picked up <laughs> it sounds like, meta very meta bring it everybody here has been in bad meetings what's one thing that you would say don't do this well i, I think i mentioned my big one which is i, I love the idea and, and this is a phrase that our, the hospital that John and I are at uses for their medical executive is the consent agenda. So the consent agenda goes out in advance, days in advance for everyone to review. And the meeting starts is we would like to approve the consent agenda unless there are any comments or questions, right? And so if you don't speak up, that's done. And now we move on to the other discussion items and, and engage. And 
it's a great way of here's all the information. Here's the thing. Here are the checkboxes we have to check, but you have the opportunity to review them in advance. And if you want to talk about them, here's your opportunity to talk about them. Speak now or forever hold your peace. And now let's get into the meat of whatever additional conversation we have. Now, that is not applicable to every situation, but the point is if there's information that everyone needs to know about prior to the meeting, you have to disseminate it in such a manner that gives everyone ample time, not just to review, but to digest. And some of that is that if there's going to be a visceral reaction to that information, you have to give time for that visceral reaction to occur and for people to process that. Before the meeting. What derails the meeting? Information that causes a visceral reaction in a manner that is delivered immediately, and then everybody has an open opportunity to reply to that visceral reaction as opposed to processing it and actually making it a productive conversation as opposed to just, here's my visceral reply, not my actually understood processed reply. My big takeaway is move away from agendas. Agendas should be open. Your meetings should come with, or they should be smaller. It should be like you said, send out the information and then have your have your meetings be about working. Like these are working meetings, get stuff done. Let people leave with a deliverable that I spent an hour on this Zoom call or in person and we left with X rather than, oh, guys, it's up. We didn't get anything done. Sorry, have a good day. Like that's my that's my biggest pet peeve with meetings is nothing gets done in an hour. You want a focused agenda. I want a focused agenda. Hey, we kind of talked about it. My biggest pet peeve is the camera on, camera off. And I do, I do recognize there's times where camera off is very reasonable. But the benefit of this technology is that we don't have to do these phone conference calls where you can't see anyone. People could be just thinking off in the space, doing whatever. Like I've even been on, I'll keep my camera on even if I'm in my garage doing woodworking project, but we have a meeting that's scheduled during that time. I'm home and I have to be on. Great. I'll be on camera and I'll interact. But I think camera on helps facilitate interaction as well. Because if you are visible and know that you're visible, it's kind of that whole concept of is if a camera's watching you, was that the, the Hawthorne, Hawthorne effect? Hawthorne effect, you know, you're a little more apt to participate, I feel like. Absolutely. Tanner, you bring up a great question, though, that I'm curious to get everyone's opinion on. And I'll preface that by saying it is obviously situational and meeting dependent, but what is the appropriateness or acceptable behavior per meeting based on doing another activity during the meeting with camera on, right? There, there are some things that obviously I feel that I have to have camera on and be engaged and sitting in a professional as if I was at the boardroom at that meeting. There are other things that I feel like I can participate in a less active way, but still be there and be present, but maybe multitask, right? It's a meeting that otherwise I would not be on, but I can be on my Peloton bike and be on the meeting at the same time. There's, I'm probably not going to say anything because that's not what this this meeting for me is about, but it allows me to be there and be present. Now, should my camera be on or is it okay to be camera off in that situation? Because I my default is camera off, but if somebody wants to watch me on my Peloton because it makes them feel like I'm more engaged in the meeting, I'm, I'm happy to start doing that. I think it goes back to your description earlier though, Drew, of it being, are you at the meeting because you're an integral part of the meeting or you're at the meeting for data delivery. Sure. And I don't have a problem at all with somebody uh, saying, you know, coming to a meeting and going, Hey, you know, I had some free time and I think some of this information might be useful for me, but I want everybody else to actually engage and interact. So I'm going to be here. I'm going to be listening. I'll be off camera. If you need something, just shout out, send me a text or say something. It'll take me a second or two, but I'll, I'll hop back on and, yeah. and comment. I think that's a good bridge because yeah. there are meetings that I go to that I'm just there to get information yeah. and I typically don't have my camera yeah. on. And my question is, could you not engage your time better 
by just simply not being at that meeting. That's one thing that has virtually come up. Could you, could you disengage from that meeting? Maybe, maybe not. That's, that's a personal choice. My tip would be if you are the leader of a meeting, never surprise the participants. Let them know ahead of time what the, what the agenda is. And it goes back to Andy's point. If there are two big things we have to get done at this meeting, this meeting is focused on this task and this task. And then we can do all the other things that, that may or may not have time for. But the flip side, if you're an experienced leader of meetings or a tender of meetings, when the leader is struggling, when that unprepared or that, that comment comes up that's unsolicited and there's, there's hijacks, step up to the plate and help that leader out. Often they're just looking for a lifeline too. And if you can say things like, well, you know, Tom's running the meeting. Well, Tom, clearly this has got a big response from people and there's a lot of opinions and it really wasn't on our agenda. Let's step back from this, get a small group to talk about it and then come back in a week or a month or whenever it is that we come back. Instead of burning up all the emotion in the room and being off topic, letting somebody's agenda derail the agenda. Derail the agenda.